0: Uh, we are in the last stages of a series that we've been in now for a little while. Um, next week we'll take a break from it, and the week after that I believe is when we we'll close it. Next week we'll be, uh, Brother Sam will be preaching here, Pastor Mark and I will be going out, we're all going to be preaching the same message, sharing the same message in places that we go, and uh, so then we'll finish up this series a week after that. It's uh, the series on family worship at home. Hopefully you are following along, especially if you've got children, follow along with Right Now Media, watch the, the videos, it's only about 15 minutes of video that I think that they, that they have, I think 15-16 minutes on most of them, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's just a good time of worship, now obviously if you're like me, some of the music is maybe not some of the motions and all that, although I would love to see what some of y'all doing in the motions at home, Bring them in with us that next week. Sam will lead you. In. <laughs>
1: I'm gone next
0: week, Sam. This is cool. You might not make it till next week. <laughs> um, but it's been a great, I think it's been a great series for our families. Um, folks, what we're trying to get you to understand is church is about what we do on Sunday morning, but it's about what you do in your home every day. It's about where you are at work. It's about taking the church out and the church, if there's two or three gathered together in his name, we're the body, right?
1: Amen.
0: So wherever you go, if you're with two or three believers, you are the church. And that's what we're trying to get across to one another today, or in this, this series. So we're going to be in Psalm 3 today, and and normally we're down here. Normally we've been down on the floor for months now. Um, I'm on top today. I'm going to preach a little today, okay? I want to tell you first off. For everybody who's here last week, thank you for those that prayed for me this week. If you didn't think about it, or God didn't prompt you, that's quite all right. But I had several of y'all reach out to me during the week. Thank you. This was, I had no idea when I said what I said last week. I said what I said off the cuff. It wasn't really a planned thing to say. Um, but, But this last week was probably the toughest week I've had in five years. Um, and not because of anything I was dealing with in the church, it was stuff I'm dealing with. Just some battles, nothing, you know, not robbing banks, you know, not <laughs> not planning on leaving. You know, it's none of that kind of stuff, it's just, every now and then you go through stuff, you know, where you just battle, you feel discouraged, and you feel beaten. Yeah, it is, and, and this one was as deep as it's been in a while. Um, and it was a tough week. It was a tough week. But the week's over. It's Sunday morning. The the stones rolled away. The sun came back up again. And, and let me tell you where, what what really brought me out of it was God's word. We talk about that uh, every week. This this is alive and it matters. But I want to tell you what I I, I this. Sam text me yesterday, I was do doing it. And I texted Sam back. Hey, the Holy Spirit is working. And he's he's at work and alive. If I could just get out of my own way. You know, sometimes you can get out of your own head. If you can get away from what you're believing or thinking. And you know, I tell y'all that all the time. But it it affects me too. And so that's kind of where I was. This is where I got. And so let me take you there. I just love how God brought this together. He you knew I was going to preach this for the week that I was going to meet. Psalm 3. Lord, how many, or how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him and God. But you, Lord, are a shield and My glory and the one who lifts up my head I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake up again because the Lord sustains me. I'm not afraid of thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people as we read this song today we find David in trouble this isn't early in David's life this is this is some time in David's ministry David has been through David and Bathsheba David has been through some, some battles uh, in life he's been a king for a while um, The historical background for this psalm, if you want to go and read today, or sometime this week, go to 2 Samuel, read chapters 13 through 18. You're going to understand what was going on that led David to write this psalm. I'll give you the short version of it, because I know some of you won't go and read it. So, let me give you the short version. David had a son named Absalom. Um, and you may have heard of him. Um, Absalom was going to deal with something that was going on in David's family that had not yet been dealt with. David did not deal with it the way he should have. We, we, we talk about David, sometimes we talk about David being a man after God's own heart. And sometimes that makes us think that David was this perfect guy. Well, David, David was a man after God's own heart, but he was as messed up as everybody. He was a man. And, and and he loved God, but he did a lot of things wrong in his life. A lot of things he committed wrong and he omitted wrong. Amen. That's exactly what we do. There are things we commit, and then there's things that we leave out that we should be doing. And in this particular case, one of, of David's sons, a man by the name of Abnon, fell in love with his half-sister, Tamar. And he tried to seduce her, and she would not surrender to him. And so he snuck her in, or connived a way to get her into the house, claiming he was sick. And when he got everybody out of the house, he grabbed her, he attacked her, and he hurt her. And David did nothing about it when he heard about it, because it was his son. So Absalom, who loved his sister, waited for a long time and finally came to a point where after some time had passed and everybody thought everybody was over this, he arranged a meeting with Amnon and he killed him. And now David takes action and David exiles Absalom from the kingdom. Get out. If he'd done that to Amnon, it would have been different, but he did it to Absalom. So, after years of being sent away from David in the kingdom, David agrees to allow him to come home, back to Israel. But he refuses to see his son as punishment. You come back, but you can't have free reign in the kingdom. You're under house arrest, basically. And I'm not going to come see you because of what you did. After two years of begging and pleading and and prodding, finally Absalom convinces David to see. David allows him to have some liberty. He's able to move around the kingdom again. Supposedly everything's restored, but it's not. Absalom hates his father because of what he's done. Going all the way back to Timothy. And Absalom, through, through trickery and through manipulation and, and, and through um, just lying and deceit, convinces people to turn their heart against David. He convinces people that they'd be better off with him as the king than with David as the king. All of this going on in David's kingdom, in David's city. David doesn't know anything about it. He's so out of touch with what's going on around him. Because you can't pull this off if David's paying attention. He's even so good that he convinces 10,000 of David's soldiers to join him. Everything kind of falls apart for David. It's this place of rebellion and David has to flee for his life. Eventually, Absalom took the city of Jerusalem. He took over the throne. even claimed ten of David's wives as his own. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> took my he took over what was going on in the city. That's when David sat and wrote this song. Now, God would fix things in the end, but between the time of David having to flee for his life in Jerusalem, from Jerusalem, to when God was going to restore the kingdom, there was great suffering, great pain.
1: This psalm
0: was written, and honestly, this psalm was, was written so that every one of us who were discouraged, seemingly surrounded by problems, feeling overwhelmed with life and defeated, have a place to go. Because in those seasons, he's telling us to cry out to God. Because what what, what I think God wants us to know is every one of us are going to have those situations in life. You're going to have time in your life where you're going to be overwhelmed with what's going on. And it's more than you can handle. It may not be your family is against you. It may be your health is against you. It may be the economy is against you. It may be your family that's against you. What I want you to notice is that in this song, when you begin this, David's prayer isn't long and fancy. It's not this long, drawn out, Oh Lord, my God. And then he just goes on this tirade of things. He just cries out to God, Help! I need you. Because I got to tell you, when you're in crisis, that's no time to be bashful. It's no time to, to, to mince words. God doesn't expect it. In his discouraged state, David saw the enemies and he saw them as many. He lost his perspective. For a few moments. In those first couple of verses, you see David looking at what's going on, and it's greater than he is. It's greater than he can imagine overcoming. It. And yet, we're going to see that his attitude changes, his attacks were increasing, there were more and more trouble. This is the cry of a person who has lost control of the situation. Ever been there? Maybe you're there now. See, I know some of your stories. I know where some of you are right now. I know where I was this week. And I want to tell you there's hope and desperation when you're a child of God. David's world was caving in on him. And even his escape from it was going to be a challenge to him. It seemed that the enemy was winning. The game was over. It seemed as if God did not care anymore. And that he had turned his back on him. And yet, as David began to passionately cry out to God, he saw God win him. I think there's some things we can learn today. That's really what i want to talk about. Just a couple of three things. It's really a simple message. Because it's a simple passage. But it's good because I'm kind of simple. And I need it. First thing I want you to see in these first couple of verses. Psalm 3, 1 and 2 says, Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him in God. I want you to know that being surrounded does not mean being forsaken. Amen.
1: So maybe you're surrounded right
0: now. I mean, it's overwhelming. It, you, you, it's, it's not like you got a path to the left or a path to the right, or you can back up and get out. You are surrounded. Maybe it's debt. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's... In your own mind, maybe it's something of your own choosing that's put you in this situation. But you don't see a way out. That's okay. Being surrounded doesn't mean being forsaken. And that matters. In this passage, listen to what they said. Or this is what David heard them say. There is no help for him. In God. They didn't say. That God couldn't help. They said God's going to help him. And unfortunately. We let that go in sometimes. Sometimes we hear that. The enemy says. Oh yeah God's good. God's big. But he ain't for you today. Especially. When we're the problem especially when we've made the mistake, when we've done the sin, when we've crossed God's path, sometimes that, that voice in our head says, hey, you just get what you deserve. Maybe sometimes we are. But I just want you to know, I want you to know that, that when, when, when the enemy says, There is no more help for you. There's no rescue. There's no deliverance. God's not going to do it for you. But that's a lie. See, he was listening to the voices other than God's. But when he cried out to God, he heard God's response. And that's one of the things I want to remind you of. In the midst of what you're going through, and the voices start hollering in your head and in your heart, you are going to be responsible to cry out to God. Listen, I can cry out to God for you, and I'm thankful for those that cried out to God for me this week. But you know when it changed? When I stopped, and I quit listening, and I cried out to God. When I said, God, I've had enough of this. What's going on? He said, oh, okay, finally, you decided to talk to me <laughs>
1: instead
0: of talking to yourself. Instead of running around in your own little track. I felt like a hamster. you the wheel. But when I hollered out to God, God responded. Because here's what I know that David knew. God cares for his own. I think David wrote a little thing called Psalm 23 about a shepherd who would care for you. I think he might have remembered that song as he was in the midst of this. There's a shepherd who cares for his sheep. God will hear the cry of his children, so call on him, you're not forsaken. That word forsaken means to be completely abandoned and deserted. Can God ever abandon and desert his children? What does the word tell us? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's an Old Testament passage that Jesus himself shared. An Old Testament passage that Paul shared reminding the New Testament believers of who God was. What his promise was. I want you to know that God invites every one of us to call on Him in prayer. Anybody quote for me what Jeremiah thirty three three says? I learned that as a as a child. As that was God's telephone number. <laughs> Jeremiah thirty three three. You ain't got to be old enough to understand the Jeremiah part because some of y'all aren't old enough yet to understand Back in the day, there were there were words in front of some of the numbers, you know, but. But now it's just all different. Now you're just talking into the phone. Jeremiah 33 says, "Call to me, and I will answer you. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Great mighty thing you know. Listen, you may think you're overwhelmed. You may think you're surrounded." Because you're looking with physical eyes. You're looking with emotional eyes. But when you stop and call on God, God will open up your spiritual eyes to who He is and what He can do. Remember the story of God's prophet that that was with his servant and they went out to assess where the enemy was and they were staring over this crowd of enemies that was out there, and, and, and the servant to the prophet was scared to death. He said, how are we ever going to win the battle? There's way too many of them. And the prophet said, don't worry, God's got this. But he said, how? And, and God allowed the prophet to open the eyes of the servant, and he saw the army of the Lord surrounding all of the enemy. And there were more of the army of the Lord and when he saw that his heart was encouraged and strengthened. Why? Because God showed him things he couldn't see on his own. And I want to tell you that if you called to God he'll show you things. In his word and it, it, you know, it's not going to show you something out of your emotion. He's going to show you a truth out of your word. We live in this emotional thing that we walk around I feel good, I feel bad I feel this, I feel that it doesn't matter how you feel it matters how God feels this is truth that we walk on and stand on because of that we can trust being surrounded doesn't mean being forsaken let me tell you what else I see Verse number 3 through 5 says, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep, I wake again because the Lord sustains me. Being isolated doesn't mean that I'm alone. A believer alone is greater than the greatest enemy there is. Because a believer alone stands with God. When you're isolated, it doesn't mean you're alone. I want to stop for just a minute on a couple of these things. The Lord is my shield. When Abraham defeated the enemies of Sodom and Gomorrah, he he didn't take the spoils that, that he could have taken. He he didn't want the the lost heathens that didn't know God to to accuse him of getting rich off of what he did. He wanted to make sure that, that they knew that whatever happened to him was because of God and God's blessing. In Genesis 15, 1, God promised Abraham, he said, fear not, Abraham, I am your shield, your rewarder or your reward shall be very great. It's no, no, no accident that God says that those that put confidence in the Lord, he will be a shield and protect them. Sometimes you don't have confidence. Sometimes I don't have confidence. Guess what? It doesn't change who God is. God is still going to be God. and He's still going to be your shield. He's still going to be your protector. Psalm 84 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. It's an important part of it. it. doesn't say he doesn't withhold good things from just anybody that's doing anything. But he said he won't withhold anything good for those who walk Believer, let me tell you something. God will bless you if you follow Him. If you'll walk in faith. If you'll be obedient to the Word. And it won't be what you think. It won't be all that extra money in your pocket. It won't be all the fame and fortune you're looking for. It will be the presence of Almighty God walking you through the greatest valley you'll ever be in. Back in the day, the shield they were talking about was that round military shield that they kept. They fought with one hand and they shielded with the other, whichever hand they were, and it protected them from the enemy. The, the darts that they threw, the, the, the things that happened that came at them. The shield was, was meant to protect you from what the enemy threw at you. The problem with the shield is that it can only provide limited protection. There were some who had big shields. Remember you've seen the, the, the big Roman brigades that would have the big shields and they would they would call the armadillo. And they would they would gather around, they'd put shields on top and shields in front, nothing could pierce through. But there was always a hole, there was always a slot, an arrow might slide through and get you. If you had a you were a battle you just had a small shield, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna get back and front? You and I can't do that. But when our shield is God, when only you're shielding on your own, you're unprotected. But the one who trusts in the Lord need not worry about danger. The Lord is a shield. He covers every side. He is sovereign and complete and unfailing in his protection. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my glory. Can you imagine how David must have felt Away, His son ran him off. Can you just imagine what he felt like? His dignity and honor were wiped away. What What David was saying is that his sense of self identity and self worth was rooted in God. I don't I don't know anything greater in this day and time that we struggle with in the, in the world we're in. People hollering all the time about about. Their rights, what they deserve, what they need. I, I'm so frustrated with
1: commercials anymore. If
0: I hear one more Medicare commercial telling me what I need to get, what I deserve, because what I deserve is help. What I deserve is punishment for disobedience. What I deserve is God to say enough. What I get is mercy. What I get is grace. What I get is God's favor. David said, my self-identity and my self-worth is rooted in who God is, not in who I am. He's banished from his throne. He's exiled from his city. He's dishonored by his son, son, and yet he declares that honor is not in his throne or his city or his armies or his riches. He said, I'm somebody not because I'm a king, but I'm somebody because I belong to the one who is the true king. Who is the sovereign God of heaven and earth. And you need to grab a hold of that. You are somebody because God has redeemed you and made you his own. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. The Lord is my glory. The Lord is the lifter of my head. If you go to 2 Samuel chapter 15, you'll see that when David fled, he went to the Mount of Olives, that same place that Jesus went. He was weeping, and he was barefoot. He had his head covered. He was ashamed. and All those who went with him had their heads covered. There was grief and pain and shame, and, and there was nothing he could do for victory. In, in that day and time when the king, some of the stories you've read in the scripture, when the king took... Victory over another army. They would take the leader, they would bring him, and they would bow him down before the king, and the king would stand on his neck. It was a sign of humility uh, that they were bowed under. Was, somebody had greater authority than they did. Usually at that point, then they cut their heads off. They destroyed them. And that's exactly what the enemy's trying to do to you and I. He's trying to lay his foot on your neck and subject you to something that you're not subject to. Listen, I want you to know there was nothing that David could do to lift his head in victory. There's nothing that you can do in your flesh. There's nothing that you have that will cause you to be able to lift your head in victory. But we sang this morning about victory because Jesus saves and you can have your head lifted up because the Lord God of heaven and earth is the one lift lifted up. In those same things, when a, when a king would, would want to be merciful and kind, he would reach down he would lift up the head and lift up the king and let him live. And that's exactly what God does to us. He vindicates us by lifting our head. David said, I have presented my case to God. I'm confident God hears my case and He's going to lift my head because that's what God does for those who trust Him. The Lord is my shield, the Lord is my glory, the Lord is the lifter of my head. Last I want to tell you today Psalm 3. Verse 6-8 says, I am not afraid for thousands of people are taking their stands against me on every side. Rise up Lord, save me my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. I'll tell you something. Being outnumbered by the world out there. Being outnumbered by even those in the church that don't want to follow God. Being outnumbered doesn't mean being defeated. Because we're one is with God there in the Not because we're one, because of God. Our victory will not be determined by our ability. Church, I want to tell you, our victory is not going to be determined by our great number, no matter how big we get or don't get. Victory is already secured because stand with. The Lord is our strength. It is God who strengthens us. It's God's word that gives us assurance that we can do all things through Christ. David's bold confession was I will not be afraid. Somehow David began with looking at the enemy and was overwhelmed and he gets to the end and he looks at the face of God God caused him to see the circumstances in faith rather than in fear and he said I will not be defeated I want us to spend just a few minutes worshiping God in song out of this song listen to this and with us in worship amen to know, no matter what it feels like, you're not alone. And no matter what it looks like, you've already got victory. You can rest in God in troubled times. Because He is our shield. He is our strength. He is our salvation. No matter what happens in this life, the final victory will be won. And that's the only one that matters. He is the glory. The shield. And the lifter of your head. Stand in his presence. you love us the way you do, that that even in the midst of our sin, and our failure, and our rebellion, just like David, you're not dependent on us for your faithfulness. You're dependent on your word. You're dependent on your character. You're dependent on your nature. And because of that, we can hope in you. We can have victory in you. We can, we can change where we are by surrendering everything to you and allowing you to walk and work in your lives. Father, for those that are in this room today, I pray you would speak into their hearts. Give them confidence. Give them hope. For those that are in the place where they still need to turn and trust in you, give them faith. If there's somebody here that needs salvation, give them faith to know you and to walk in salvation. For those that are born again but are struggling in the battle, give them faith trust you and to follow your word and do it your way regardless of what they say. I feel. Father, we lift up your name today. You are worthy of glory and honor and praise. You are our shield. You are our glory. You are the of our head, And we praise you today. In
1: Jesus' name.